Welcome to Woman Unzipped, a podcast featuring women who share their lives truthfully, vulnerably, and powerfully with moi, Leah Rose. I believe that sharing your stories gives you access to transformation and that when you step into your life with commitment, everything is possible. Join me for stories and shares with women from all walks of life, careers, and lifestyles. Welcome. Welcome everybody to Woman Unzipped. I have a very special honor and privilege to share with you Maria Yaseborough, who is my mentor, but also a Dayan, which means holy one. And she's just kind of a badass. I'm just going to say that. She stands about five feet tall and you'll never see so much power and amazingness come out of anyone else. That's why I fell in love with her. And she... Hi, Maria. <laughs> Hi, baby. <laughs> okay. So I want to just say Thank one thing. Thank you for thing. having me. I'm You're excited. Welcome. You're welcome. So I want to just touch on something real quick. Maria is out in the country. And so we may have just, just some touchy audio or feedback and just, you're going to love this conversation and it's going to be worth it. And the fact that we have her even available to us on the internet is a miracle. So just be patient, be with us, and we're going to deliver a great talk today. Yeah. Okay. There's going to be a lag. I'll tell you that. I already know there's going to be a lag. Okay. So you mentor, tell us what, tell me what you do. Tell, tell our listeners what you do. Um, well, I'm here in service to earth. That's my entire life purpose. Um, I was born into a native American spiritual and healing tradition and uh learned from some of the greats uh or at least i consider them the greats most people never heard of most of them but you know the the great magicians if you will of energy and thought and you know everything earth and so what i see through the years i've tried to be many things right everybody wants to put a label on what they do and um so third part of my life, I painted pictures that healed in a sand painter uh, tradition kind of thing. And for other years, I mentored uh, and counseled women that had been sexually abused as kids. And I've always led ceremony, the cyclic ceremonies to get people into the earth cyclic energies, which really influences a great deal as empaths. Um, so I do all of these things, but, you know, in certain parts of my life, there have been more contingency of that, right? More, more energy directed towards that because I was doing what I teach and that is to experience, okay? Don't lock yourself down in a label, experience and wherever your heart leads you experience because there's no, there's no 
um, invaluable experience. Okay. What makes an experience bad or invaluable is that we don't figure out what the gift is. And we always get a gift no matter what's happening, right? Even if it's ownership of who we are and saying, no, that's not where I belong, which is probably one of the biggest gifts there is in the sacred parents, spirit and earth want us to know, no is a viable word, by the way. This is one of the first words you're supposed to learn. If you think about it, when you're two years old, you learn the word no, right? And that's the terrible twos, for sure. So um, this is something that, you know, they're in everything we experience from, you know, blissful to ecstatic to, you know, the dredges being down at the bottom of the pit. And I think um, what I do is I help people learn how to navigate all of that. I guess that's a kind of mentorship. And I utilize the medicine wheel and I utilize most especially the cycles of earth, which are demonstrated through the medicine wheel as a tool. So that's what I do. And I tell stories and I'm a cheerleader and, you know, I mean, there's nobody that can make you feel better than I can. <laughs> and I know that for a fact. <laughs> I have a unique perspective on love because I learned it from my family and, uh, and they were different for sure. So I, did that answer the question? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like all over the map, but that's kind of who I am. <laughs> no, that's perfect. It's perfect because it speaks, you're kind of who you are based on your life experiences. Like you were born into, let's, let's tell, can we share a little bit? Can we go all the way back? Um, oh, sure. oh yeah. I was born into the Apache Tilstein tradition. Um, and taught the ways by my grandfather, who was my paternal grandfather. He was my dad's dad. Um, and my parents were kind of absentee people um, in and out of life. And, um, and I was grown up and uh, by the time I was 13 and uh, working and uh, managing a family and everything else. So um, I, I grew up like a hundred years ago Okay, and then I was like splashed into rich Carmel uh, estates time, and that didn't last long. And then, you know, uh, that was when I started the slide into the pit um, because mm -hmm. I started using drugs. And it was the difference between growing up one way and trying to live a life another way. And I know this is something a lot of people do, but if you figure, you know, you're brought up in the country and then you're splashed down in the city and all these people are like so disconnected from life and, and Mother Earth and everything else. And all you see is squandering, squanderance of time, squanderance of life force, that it really becomes a dichotomy on where, where is your path that you can walk um, that will satisfy both sides that you're you're on because you're really straddling a tightrope, and it didn't work out for me. <laughs> I'll be quite honest. Uh, years of drug addiction and and uh, abuse and uh, self-negation and 
oh my God, the things that, and, and I kind of look back and I don't want to sound like I'm proud that I did all those things, but I'm proud I survived all those things yeah. because, you know, through the number of times I could have died, the number of times I did have near death experiences and my just in general being accident prone, it's a wonder I'm still here. Um, so, you know, I take death as my best friend because death has taught me to appreciate life, to show up and be my best every single day. And some days that's not so good. So some days only certain people get to see me that way. And then other days I like blow the roof off if they stick me inside, which is partly why we're outside today, by the way. Um, <laughs> I kept setting the puppy off. So, um, yeah, so, so I come from a Native American indigenous earth background, and that's what I grew up in. I'm not Christian. Um, I know some, mostly through friends. Um, my grandfather raised me to be earth, not necessarily Apache Tolstoyan. Though that's wow. how I process things because that was the life philosophy, the spiritual philosophy growing up. But he introduced me first to other elders of different tribes who then showed me things after he crossed. He kind of had the, like this whole graduate program thing set up for me with other elders. <laughs> and, and so I got to learn their side of how they looked at things. And then um, back I, I always kind of had a, a fascination for Polynesians for some reason. But then back in like 1983, I think it was, my uncle married a Hawaiian woman and I ended up with 500 Hawaiian relatives. And that's when we actually started, about 93, we actually started doing the cross-traditional ceremonies where I would come with the outlines and I'd say, hey, I need somebody to do a healing here. So I'd have, I've had a, I had an Orisha priestess doing that, or I need this blessing or this kind of inner child thing happening over here. And a Hawaiian would show up to do that. So it would become basically the four corners of the earth coming together in ceremony. Wow. Through this very broad and expansive um, magic that we would create a doorway a portal if you will where people could feel immersed in exactly what earth is and earth is mother she doesn't know color you know she likes color she paints great beautiful things with our sacred father creator spirit whatever you want to call that force and we're we're the way we are because of beauty okay wouldn't we get bored if we all looked exactly the same acted the same you know, if you only had daisies in your yard, wouldn't you want something else? You know, maybe a little lilac or lavender or something, throw something else in there that's gonna give you some vibrancy, okay? This is what diversity speaks to, vibrancy, okay? So that's where I came from. And then that's kind of how my life was set up. And then it just moved into that. When I would be in sync, doorways would fly open. Um, I did have to make the decision to leave that life behind that was detrimental to me. Right. And that's the big step for people. Do you want to be done with the drama? And do you want to be done with the sad story? Let's rewrite the story and get the gift and move on. So that's where I come from all <laughs> over again. And, uh, but well grounded in the earth, well grounded in the earth. Okay, because one of those labels I have is a rancher. 
you know, you said that. I'm a rancher. I go out here, I meditate while I'm running horses or fixing fences or, you um, because it's a physical experience too. It's not just a mental thing. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. You're raised to be earth, right? That, that yeah. concept, it's, you're everything, you're all. So you could be hanging out with the horses or, you know, building something and still be one, be present, be praying, be, yeah. be sacred. Like even in yeah. those times, even in the times when you were out partying and doing your, that whole, like, you know, teenager, oh, young twenties <laughs> thing, you're still sacred. You are still holy. You are still on yeah. that path, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm laughing because I have my best friend from high school is still my best friend many years later, you know, and he's retired. He became a college professor and went through all kinds of things together. And he's like, he always lectures me when I get down on myself <laughs> for the days I was doing drugs and stuff and not, not maintaining ceremony or not doing this or not doing that. And he's like, Oh, Maria, you got to get over it because baby, yeah. you were in there preaching to all of us. You only did drugs to get the rest of us off of drugs. Hmm. And he says, all my friends knew that, that wow. as soon as everybody I cared about was out of the crack houses was not doing the drugs had I had returned them to earth because I also started running sweat lodges towards the end. Um, then they knew I would make that decision to get off and walk away from it because I would do what was necessary. This is actually for my grandfather. My grandfather says one of my most redeeming qualities is I would never shut up until someone listened to me. Now, <laughs> you and I know pretty, each other pretty well, so you giggle at that, but you can tell people that's the truth. If I had to be one thing, I guess you could say I'm an orator or orator. I talk a lot. That's that's my charge in life is to talk. Um, yes, and, she does talk. Uh, put words out that affect hearts. Right. Well, how so many books have you written? That's that's me. How many books have you written, Maria? Uh, okay available i think there's 24 i think i've written up to 32 at this point yeah definitely words With are what's no longer available and what's available right words are definitely yeah. your superpower for sure and prayer that's where i started yeah yeah writing prayers for people i started doing that when i was 10 years old i started channeling prayers and it hasn't stopped so it goes on forever yeah something that you said really really resonated. You know, there's a lot of people that have done some serious stuff that they regret, you know, whether it's drugs or hurting people or like doing things that happened yeah. in their past. And how do you, how do, how do we reconcile that? Like, how do, yeah. How do we, how do we move okay, past that? Okay, well, the first thing I have, you know, it's interesting because, you know, my newsletter comes out on the new moon and the full moon, and I actually just got done writing the one that comes out on Monday. And one of the things is that I really think 
see, this is hard for me. And sometimes I, even though I've been through it, sometimes words don't come easy when we're trying to describe things. Cause you know, everybody's just a little bit different. Yeah. So one of the things I think that we need to instill in our heart is that peace is a verb, not a noun. Hmm. Okay. We need to think of that, that understanding. Peace is a verb and not a noun. The choice to keep something going is a choice. Okay. The choice to end something is also a choice. It starts with how do we want to be treated? And I don't think, you know, I've been raped. I've been beaten. I've been verbally negated. I've been tossed out of families and have families slander me. Um, I have been stalked and pursued by <sighs> invisible shadows of fear, if you will. Mm. Um, and what I know was the big deal was the decision I didn't want to be like that anymore. I didn't want to be like that anymore. So I quit looking back and started looking forward. Okay, that's one. Um, I started doing daily affirmations. I started looking at me. And when I would get triggered by other people in my relationships that would bring up past stuff, I would ask myself, why am I getting triggered? I wouldn't engage. I would ask myself, why am I getting triggered? And if I couldn't like be peace filled when I was talking to someone about the trigger that they gave me, I would tell them, you know, I really love you and I need to go sit with this because something's like, but I can't identify it. It's not about you. I need to identify this. And then I want to hold this conversation again. And that's what I do. And I go look. And is this being triggered by, oh, this back here, my having to leave my grandfather and that great life when I was 10? By the way, that great life wasn't all that great. It's just I only talk about the good things these days. The bad things are still there. I had someone trying to kill me for three years, okay? That's not fun when you're like age six to 10. Right. No, okay? But it was there and I have moved on. She made me strong she made me the one that says there are plenty of people out there and if i'm not someone you resonate with by all means please go i do not have a need to help you yeah oh you know what you know stuff like that <laughs> no yeah. i think that's perfect i mean you've worked with so many people how like i think this question comes from my own you know, not everyone is going to like us. Like, how do you get right with that? Like, how do you deal with right. the people who the haters out there? Like, what do you, how, what are you, what is your advice on that? I say that mostly I say that's your problem, not mine, because 90% of the people I do meet, not as in you, but in the haters. Okay. Of course. Um, <laughs> because when people do that, it really demonstrates how wounded they are. And, you know, I used to get mad at them and I used to fight with them. And then the last one that came down on me rained terror on my family. Um, I um, actually 
something flipped inside of me. I mean, I was nearly crushed in the moment because it did deal with my blood family, my children and stuff as well were affected. And it flipped in me and I was like, you know what? I got angry at the person that created that person. The person that sent that ripple down of dysfunction that says it's okay to treat people that way. It's okay to treat anybody that way. You know, we've gotten so disconnected from Earth. We treat Earth that way. She's an inanimate dead rock. Well, I guess, again, if you want to stay alive and see a future for all the generations to come, you better start treating her like she's a living entity in your mother. You know, that's what I'm here for, to teach you. She talks to you all the time. Why aren't you listening? Why don't you open up and hear what she has to say? You know, things of that nature. But yeah, for people that come, I, I figured out a long time ago, uh, and, and, and God love it. You know, I'm not Christian, but I do use that word a lot, God. Um, so, you know, that's dog backwards, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know how I feel about my animals anyway. Um, so, so my grandpa, you know, greatest influence in my life. And his, his mother was the greatest influence in his life. And it all started with uh, the Apache Dreamer in the 1800s, who was her uncle, Nache Declin, uh, which means sees beyond the stars. And he was a prophet, if you will. His dreams came true. Now, not all of them. Yeah, got him killed. So, but that's not the point. Nostradamus wasn't accurate 900% of the time either. Right. And he died a very sorry death. So just because you see the future does not mean all will be well, okay? Um, anyway, so long line, but something happened to him that really expanded his mind. And I'm not sure what it was, uh, whether it was through our Kilstein or his exposure, because you know he's from the time of the changing Indian where kids went to school and uh, you were taken away from your parents and there were other influences. Yeah. But he taught me that when someone's like that, they put a ripple out in the energy currents and that causes the chaos that keeps people from seeing and yet, if you're a person here that maintains your calm, meaning to me, yeah, I mean, why do I care? Why do I care what you think of me? The only people that really count or the only entities that really count in their opinion is the sacred mother, the sacred father, and me. Hmm. Nobody else. When I stop trying to make others care or like me, um, life became easy. Yeah. Plenty of clients, plenty of students, plenty of, you know, everything comes back into flow. So really when you're out of flow, when you feel yourself having out of flow moments, um, it's time to step back. That's the time to go within, self-isolate a little, play with your inner child, get back in the flow, then go back out and do it, okay? 
and you will find it easy. And this again is part of the cyclic energies because Mother Earth has cycles that are more prone to help you with release work or more, more prone to help you with manifestation. So knowing those cycles can be a little added edge that helps us. And the other thing is look how many of us there are. You know what, that's right. the ego as well when you get upset um, because we've been so, and it's also the wound. We've been so negated and I don't wanna give ego a bad name because I want you guys to understand ego and fear have a place in our life, but we have given, given them way too much power or we believe we've given them way too much power, okay? That's an illusion that we can get over. Um, grandpa taught me we each have a small piece of the pie, but that small piece of the pie is ours to do. The sacred parents never give you anything to do that you cannot do. Now, can you do it in your timeline expectations? No, <laughs> you have to allow for them to give you the steps and then you can make it happen, okay? They will show you when and where to act and what to do. You have to release your control on, oh, they gave me this, they gave me this, or they, you know, this big ass head that says, I have to do this or I failed. Right. Well, now guess what? If you don't get to it now, it comes back around if you're actually meant to do it, okay? They never take it away. They keep recycling it through those cycles and it comes back. Mm -hmm. And we also learn there's a zillion people out there doing the same damn thing I am, okay? <laughs> Just with different yeah. perspectives. That's why our cross-cultural ceremonies work we're doing the same thing with a different voice based on a different landscape okay spirituality is based on landscapes so there's what the world has in common and we all have things in common and the biggest thing we have in common is every spirituality starts with a foundation of love mm. and then human power struggles intercede right okay so there's that the other thing is understanding I'm only supposed to help the people that are sent to me. You know, I don't have to go out and, and be competitive. If I am to do this work, enough people will be sent to me to do this and I will be sustained. And when, I, when I'm complaining or when I'm scared, guess what? I need to back off, go play with my inner child. Yeah. And, Guess what happens? I have proven this myself more than once, Leah Rose. When I get like na, 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 on this work drive, right? And I operate from seven medicine wheels at a time. So I get a lot done. <laughs> and I often operate them at the same time. So when I'm on the go and I'm getting things done and stuff, and I don't break for time for myself i get tired yep that's step one to falling down the hill i get confused that's step two for falling down the hill and step three is the landslide with fear okay that's the three steps and if we can recognize those steps we can head it off at the pass okay wow. But that constant need, go, 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 and be doing, I'm gonna tell you the most valuable be doing is not doing anything. Because what are you doing when you're not doing anything? You're nurturing vital life force. Right. You're, you've plugged yourself back into the solar battery so you can refill, okay? How can you do all the other things if you're not charged? 
I mean, we understand it on our computer. We understand it on our car. How come we don't get it with us? Oh yeah, I'm pretty down to earth the way I talk to guys. I use <laughs> practical examples a lot of the time. Um, and I also trust that um, in that aspect of not everybody's meant to work with me, that there's somebody out there that will help that person. That's my faith in humanity that, okay, yeah, I, not everybody that leaves me or that I also tell people I can't work with them when I, cause I chart energies first mm. and I don't take anybody on unless I know I can be a service. Right. Yeah. Or that they're going to do the work because people that come to me and just want an energy high, I don't have time for those people. Nope. Okay. So I turn them away. I say, I can't. Um, but I do have faith that there's somebody out there that will reach them. There's enough of us doing it, you know, and sometimes I'll make a recommendation and refer people. Sometimes it's just, yeah, sayonara. <laughs> I, I'll pray for you, but you're out of my league. You're mm. out of my league. I don't do that kind of work. You know, I get so many requests for ayahuasca things and I'm like, you, you know, I'm Apache, right? I, I'm not Incan. I, I don't gatherings okay <laughs> no offense but and and you know and and then they look at me and they go oh well you, peyote peyote and i'm like yeah my family has around the peyote gatherings that they host and before you can get into them you have to go apprentice to the peyote master for seven years before he'll even let you take the medicine are you prepared to do that Right. Oh, no, 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 no. I can't do that. They want to tell you how to do your job, right? right. Or what your job should be. And it's like, I don't do that. I'm sorry. And if you want what I do, you have to do it the way I do it. <laughs> These are protocols. Right. right. So, you know, when you come to the circle of stuff, we're a lot about education in earth protocols and etiquettes, not just with the people, the traditional earth people because there's a lot of etiquette you got to observe there or you get yourself in trouble um, knowing etiquette with the indigenous before you go into their circle making that request to be educated really goes a long way in the trust department okay mm -hmm. so that's one way to help heal some things yeah. that we're seeing now um, the other thing is that um, the earth protocols I mean when we want something from mother we take an offering Give it to her when you're asking and say thank you before you get it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's practice wow. a little gratitude. Not Ooh. like, oh, I'm entitled. Let's use a word, okay, that flies around my life a lot. Um, entitlement is demanding and thinking that you're owed. You're not owed anything. You get what you deserve, okay? And that may seem harsh. But when I was self-negating, I got what I asked for. I got more negation. Yeah. When I stood up and I sang my truth, I got more reinforcement from others that do this work. I got more words. I got more blessings on this land. I got more. Okay. So you are validated. You are reinforced. And just like a lot of us, Okay, who do you want me to be today? Okay, so some people come and they need somebody to yell at. Okay, you yell at me. I don't care. It's not about me. And I actually seem to be a really good source for that. 
just standing there smiling at you because you're yelling at me and then hugging you. Um, and I also can be that person that's cracking up and we're like laughing and snot shooting out our noses or whatever from hysterics, right? I have no problem being any of those things. So that's who I am. And I guess, I guess the greatest gift you have is just be who you are because the people you need to work with will gravitate to that and they'll be okay with that. And the other thing is it makes you a humane being. Um, mm. Human used to have an E on it. Do you know the original word had an E on it? Humane uh -uh. being. My partner, Linda, she's in uh, to word studies. So she's always looking up words. Yeah, she found that out. It used to be humane being. And now we're human beings. They cut off our E. Huh. <laughs> What's with that? You know, E in the Hawaiian language is the sound of creation. E? The whole creation. Yeah, mm. the whole creation story as Akumu told it to me one day at South Point Cafe with him like this close to my eyeballs. with telling me the story of the story of E and how creation happened and how the turtles came. And it, it was amazing and wow. it was mesmerizing. But yeah, the sound E. And think of EO. EO is the hawk. EO is creator for them. So, you know, it's 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 interesting. I did a study in language uh, back in the early 2000s with some cousins. We got Incan, Hawaiian, Tibetan, and we put Apache, we put all the languages together, and we found words in common that mean almost identical things. Mm. So this speaks to, we are one, you guys. We are one, okay? We're one family, we're one people. And uh, the prophecy of the fifth world from the Apache is that uh, creator says, it's time to bring me back together again. Children mm. of the four directions come together and make us whole. And that's the prophecy. So, you know, that's where my work is. Do I work for human beings? No. Okay, that's right. another thing about me. You guys are all working for yourself. You're all working in service to other humans. And you think you're empaths for humans and you feel way too much. Guess what? I work for Mother Earth. I'm an empath for Mother Earth. And through my empathic service to the mother, she heals you all. Thank you. She heals you. Yeah. Um, and that's how it works. Is if you send your stuff into the earth, then she can pump it out through the magnetic grid to others. Okay. And it's really kind of as above, so below dome effect. Okay. We've got the, the earth and we have the spirit. Now, spirit, ancestors, anybody out there in that realm that does not have uh, incarnate here, physicality, hmm. they got no time concept. But they're full of visions because they can see everything. They know why things happen. They know where things are going. They can fill your head full of all kinds of things. But if you want to actually manifest any of that, you kind of have to take it down to the manifester, which is Earth. That's mm. the part of the equation that everybody's missing. Right. She's the one. Tell <clears throat> her the vision and she will give you the steps to make it happen. And that's how it works. Yes. Cord. <laughs> <It just passes laughs> okay. 
Wow. <sighs> I just need to like readjust after that one. Um, you, you were, you have worked with many of many women and men who are, you know, doing big work in the world, right? Like one thing I learned about you, actually, I didn't realize it then, but when I started working with Maria at the end of 2014, the very next year, like within a couple months that I was in the transmission and started to align with earth cycles and the earth's alignment, I had my first global project idea. And I don't believe that's a coincidence. I I'm, and then once I started doing the lineage study on, you know, who are, who is in this family, there's a lot of big names and global leaders. And do you, what do you think that's all about? Like, is that your clearing or is that like, I just, I've always been curious oh, about this. You know, okay, my clearing. Okay, I'm gonna tell you, I may not know how that statement fits in here. Um, and uh, again, I come from a different background yeah. and a different language. So sometimes I have to clarify how things are stated to be able to answer the question. My grandpa told me that my assignment, while it was to bring people back to the earth, my assignment was making relations. And one of the, the first things that happened to me, I guess about the time I got off drugs, was that I met a woman um Gwendolyn Cooper and I met her through an, another native sister uh that was putting us all out on moon quest the women's version of vision quest and Gwendolyn was uh head of uh Native American studies down here at state in San Diego at the time she was head of the department and so I was made her guardian and I had a lot of judgment, you know, remember I was still in a bad relationship. I was coming off drugs. I had my kids, but this elder had seen, I needed to come back to my ways. And when I approached her, she said, yes. And so I went and I was Gwendale's guardian. And, and one of my biggest dysfunctional wounds that I've worked through, with through my life is having a healthy mother role. Okay. Um, I've not, I've not. Uh, and it, after Gwendale, it became about eight women made up one healthy person, okay? And yeah. I learned who to go to for what. Now, this is not picking and choosing the parent and playing the parents. This is understanding who can do what in your life for you, right? What they can address because they have experience with it. And so Gwendale was like just amazing. We went on Vision Quest and I or moon quest and I carried her stuff. Uh, one time I got a little judgmental over another sister. And so she immediately filled my bag of rocks. Now she's a Cherokee clan mother. Um, and she filled a bag of rocks and had me haul this thing for like seven miles. Um, <laughs> at least it felt like seven miles up to her, her site so that she could use the stones in her. She then took the bed and she made it sacred by build, helping build her circle with those stones. Those were the first ones that went into her circle. So she showed me transmutation. 
Hmm. Um, so a lot of things that I have learned through the years is with rites of passage, with release work, there comes a, a physically, uh, stre not stressing, um, physically demanding thing that happens. And then when that's over, there's the big relief that I've done it. Right. And so that's the transmutation. Yeah. So sometimes this is how we're doing things. So she, she taught me about that. Then when we got done with our moon crust and we were back at the homestead in Santa Fe, um, we were staying in the same cottage together. We'd been assigned together and it's a continuing thing. And she adopted me that night. Now, grandpa had taught me to go out and make relations one person at a time. This was Glendale's um, philosophy as well. And so she adopted me on that night. She tucked me into bed and she sang the Cherokee lullaby to me. Wow. And she's still my mother down here in San Diego. She just lives across the hill. Um, but because making relations, we got a plane going over, so I'm hoping you can hear me. Um, actually, a helicopter. You're good. Go, 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 go. Hurry up. Um, <laughs> So I've never been afraid to approach anyone because I got over that early in life. Um, so, you know, people used to tell me I was too small. I'm five feet now, so you can imagine. They thought I was gonna grow up and be, you know, a little person. Uh, my son says I actually qualify. If I was one inch taller, I would not. I am horizontal or vertically impaired, he says. Um, so um, one person at a time. So they told me I was too little and I was a girl, so I couldn't do things. And I'm like, watch me. And I would go out and do it, okay? Now I can say probably not having parents and being influenced by my 12 boy cousins had a lot to do with that, okay? Grandpa always saying I could do anything I wanted to do and that I was gifted and all, you know, all of that other stuff. By the way, when somebody tells you you're gifted, forgive them, okay? Because that's also a setup. <laughs> Anything good or bad you're told during your formative years is going to oppress you and leave you with something you've got to get over. It does not matter. Um, so, so I, you know, when I started looking for other people, uh, I started in high school and so ended up just going to, all, you know, 1972 was the big ethnic year, right? The blacks were revolting. The Indians were revolting. The, I don't know who else was, oh, the women were women. revolting. We had the feminist <laughs> movement. We had the veterans against, against Vietnam. You know, all these things were going on. You think, wow, protests everywhere, right? And, and so I'm like all about peace. So I went to the head of each of these clubs on campus. And I said, we need to form an alliance. And we did, and we started holding functions together. So all of a sudden the people that were revolting or protesting, now all of a sudden our little groups were one big group, okay? And um, so, so things like that. And, and only because I'm not afraid of the word no. <laughs> no just means to me you can't do it or you're not pulled to it doesn't mean you don't like me we can still be friends you know that kind of thing um but this is also when i met people like richard oaks uh, a little earlier because richard was 
had died by then. Um, Richard Oakes, who was head of the Native American movement at the time that took over Alcatraz. I met people like uh, Dr. Sophia Mubarak, who started the Sophia Institute, uh, which was all Dianic and women's studies and stuff like that. Max Daishu, you know, came out of that contingency that's more about the educational. Through Sophia, I met um, Angela Davis. Wow. Okay, we're talking big time Black Panther Angela Davis. We're talking about other people of that nature. I'm I Grandpa Satut that I met. Um, oh crap! Names have gone out of my head all of a sudden. Anyway, there were several Native Americans at the time and going into the 80s that were highly influential in Hollywood, and I got to meet a lot of those people. Um, my grandfather died when I was 17, but like I said, he had all of these things like charted my course already, right? And one of the things that did happen, remember I said, even when they tell you good things when you're little, you, my first big run-in was drug, with drugs was when my grandfather, or actually it was the second one, um, when my grandfather died, because all of a sudden I was expected to fill his shoes, step in and start doing my work. Right. And it's like, oh, fuck no. Oh, pardon my French. Um, it's okay, well, we're explicit It's not here. French. Actually, it is. <laughs> Do you know an acronym? There's a whole paper written on the anacronym fuck, okay? Now that I've said it, I'm gonna say it a lot. <laughs> um, so anyway, <laughs> there's a paper out there. Ask what it means. You, fornication under consensus of the king. That's French. <laughs> what is it? The French consorts of the early century. Yeah. So that's where it originated. Anyway, um, so yeah, so meeting people, I was never afraid. You know, if they said no, I practiced protocol. I'd make them the sacred gift. I'd go to a lecture. <laughs> And I'd quietly go up in between breaks and I would say, hi, I'm Maria Yesbru and my grandfather is such and such. And we'd like you to accept this on behalf of our family and gratitude for what you do. Oh Try God. approaching people that way. Get you a whole different resonance. Yeah. Now, these people that are still alive, you can go to our website. We got a whole page on our elders and there must be God, close to 100 on there. Some still with us, some not. Uh, Will Sampson was the Indian I was trying to think of earlier. Anyway, uh, if you ever saw Poltergeist, you saw Will Sampson, all right? And so, yeah, stop stressing <laughs> the need to and just relax into who you are. I got lost. Can no, that's tell? okay. It no, it's perfect. Sometimes. It's perfect. Okay, back to charge. Right? So, well, this... And this is, this is perfect, right? It's like, it's part of your assignment to work with, to work with people who are ready mm -hmm. to get cyclic, step into who they are and, you know, relax into it. And <sighs> thank you, by the way. <laughs> uh, Cause when I met Maria, I... <laughs> Like, 
Yeah. When I met Maria, like I had done so much training and certifications and all of those things. And I had like found kind of the shamanic path, or you could say altered states for healing is what I would call it because I didn't really know what it was. And it was just something that I was called to, like, I just couldn't, no matter what, how my life has veered off and what stop I got off on the freeway, I always get back on and come back to spirituality, to ceremony, to, to like being one with the earth. And I feel like that has super powered my impact, my ability to reach people. Um, yeah, it's been, (laughs) I'm still blown away by it. You know, it's been nine years since we started working together and like, yeah, but, um, and you can't, you can have her if, if she's a good fit for you, she is available starting in November, every November she'll, she starts taking on new apprentices and, uh, through her mentorship spiral dance. So if you're interested, if you're listening to this, you know, I feel like you don't get many chances to learn from the best, like the best were, there are elders right now, go find someone that you resonate with Maria maybe. And, you know, and give yourself. And if not, we have a whole wall. And if not, we have a wall. <laughs> right? Like um, we have a wall, (laughs) but I do. I personally think that it's very important to learn from our elders period. Like, yeah, you just need to do it because they're going to go. And then what we're going to have a bunch of big headed gen X's running the world. And, and I'm one of those people. Um, but like we need the sacred, We need the wisdom that is passed down from generation to generation. Um, Okay. Last question. How much, and it's, can I ask you one more question? Sure. Okay. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure how much time you have. Um, Do you ever, how do you, working with, like power, other powerful students, right? How do you, do you ever get jealous? Do you ever like, do you ever like, what's it like for you to see someone else grow? I think that's my question, right? Like what? What? Oh, that's like my kids graduating from high school and college. Yeah. You're just excited wants to wants more for their kids you know you want you want your kids to have less trials and tribulations you want them to excel far past and grow beyond what your capacity is and you know if you're able to impart any of that to them about how expansive life is that's what's important And I will tell you that because my students really are my children um, in some respects and in other respects not. 
I like to be called Shima, which means one who's like my mother. And for us, that means the eccentric auntie that shows you everything your parents didn't want you to know in the yeah. fourth world. So that's what I'm a portal of, all that information. And um, as I said, I'm not in service to humanity. I'm in service to Earth. So each one of you that goes surpasses me, that's a big to do. Whoop, whoop. That, that's, right. I just got a ribbon on my jacket because you graduated. <laughs> so, you know, why would I be jealous? Um, the only human being I am in competition with, remember, I'm not in competition with you. I am in right. competition with myself to become more tomorrow than I am today. And that's it. That's it. Yeah, I you feel can like. You never be me and I can never be you. Quantum physics proven that. <laughs> right. No, you know, I bring that up because there's so much ego in, well, the industry that I'm in, right? I'm in the coaching industry or leadership industry. And like, and, and I work and women, right. And women were taught to like compete with each other and like one up another. And it's like, I just see you always being so happy for everyone. Like you said, right. So like, and this is part of, I feel like what we talk about the fourth world is like the soul sickness, right? And we've moved on into the yeah. fifth world. And so there's these new dynamics that we have to cultivate in inside of ourselves right. and in our leadership. And a lot of yeah. what I've, go ahead. What do you think? Oh, uh, well, Okay. I, I think it goes back to the separation from earth um, because that's where the eye is. Okay. The eye is the yeah. ego out of control. All right. In reality, we're connected to everything. We're part of totality. And even through the coaches, even through the metaphysical people that talk and, and do workshops and stuff, when I listen to them, they're all talking about getting back to the we, that we are part of totality. Yeah. And yet there's something in there that has not been addressed yet. Yeah. Okay. And that is the ownership of who I currently am. I cannot exist without totality. Okay. Without the we, Maria would not be here. Without the we support, Maria would not be able to do what she does. Without observing the protocols that spirit and energy have given me to be able to work with higher concentrations of energy, I would burn my body up. So there's etiquette and protocols that address everything that constantly remind us there is no I. I am not the source. I am but a conduit. Right. And as long as you're constantly reminding yourself that you are a conduit and not the source, then you understand all you are as an extension cord. Now you can be the big heavy duty extension cord that'll run <laughs> a thousand feet down a football field and light up all those lights. Or you can be the little bitty extension cord that plugs in and you might be able to get your computer to run off of it. The choice is yours. The more you observe the we in your life, um, the more 
ability you have to contain the energy and pass it forward. Mm. Okay. So when you meet the ego, say, fuck you. I know what you're doing here. You're fired. Right. Out. Done. Bye. Out. You don't belong here. There is no room here for you anymore. <laughs> Sounds silly. No, and, it's perfect. You know, I don't like the word shamanic, and you know that because. Yeah. Okay. Well, shamanic, you know, I don't like the word shamanic, and I'm going to address that right quick. And that's because it, it, it's specific to a tribe in uh, Siberia. Okay. That's their word. And Native Americans got very sensitive about it because we right. were being, the whole world was being lumped together by this world and individuality and respect or etiquette for the culture was not being observed. Okay. So shamanically though, I'm going to use the word because you know, that's what the world has come to learn. This is, um, is kind of schizophrenic healing because you break out all the parts, you know, and there's a story for this part of you and a story for that part of you and a story for that part. And you have to address them individually. And then you haul them back in once you got them healed, right? And reincorporate them. Yeah. So mm. that's a piece. So it seems a little schizophrenic, but that's it. Address it, call it out, give it a name and then fucking fire it. You're the CEO of the board, hire somebody else. I love it. Or, or send him to rehab and get, get his act together. One <laughs> of the two. Okay. So, you know, and, and laugh about it. Oh God. Yeah. That's the most important thing, sweetheart. You got to be able to laugh at all of it because we're human and we are twins right. with a coyote. Okay. Right. That's how creation made us to learn how to be. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being on Woman Unzipped. You, I'll have you on again for sure. Is there anything else you want to say? I just like to do our closing prayer before we finish up and tell it. people that, you know, in a lot of practices, we hear about meeting the guardians and the guardians are always asking us questions. And through all the traditions, there are three questions that are always asked. Who are you? Where did you come from and why are you here? And if you don't have answers to those, don't be expected to get into indigenous circles, okay? But here's the prayer that answers it all. Nagotsen, awazana, yal awazana, delitse, degoyana, nagotsen, ilditsi, pinu echikase, shishiyukihi, nayene. We have come from the earth mother. We have come from the sky father. We have come into the circle to be all that we can be. We are all our relations. This is our prayer, and we are grateful. And that's the most important passage yeah. of my life. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for listening. This has been a Global Turn On production. I'm Leah Rose Barber, your host. Make sure you check us out at www.globalturnon.com. Until then, see you soon.